Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about bankruptcy, and it's not what you think. I don't want you to think of this as something that is, well, there's a stigma associated with bankruptcy, and I'm going to do everything I can to try and bust that stigma for you, because if you've ever been in a situation where you owe a lot of money, you think to yourself, well, I'm going to file for bankruptcy. That's really not the end. It's just an opportunity for you to start fresh. And my my guest today is, well, I'm going to say it because maybe he can't. He's an expert in this area. You see, Garrick Hollander is an attorney who focuses on bankruptcy and insolvency issues. And the reason I say maybe he can't say it is because there's all kinds of funky bar rules depending on what state you're in. But to my, to my knowledge, he's an expert on this topic, and he's going to share with us why this is just the beginning of the next chapter in your life. So please join me in welcoming Garrick Hollander to the Inside BS Show. Garrick, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. All right. So let's start with you and your story. What what made you choose to get into uh, the bankruptcy practice that you're in right now? What led you to where you are today? Well, <clears throat> not not to get too uh, dramatic, but it, it really it all started in the beginning. So I, I grew up with an interesting background. Um, from I grew up in Beverly Hills, but but below poverty, I was beyond poor, and so I, I was driven to make money and start my own businesses, and and I did that. Um, I had manufactured headbands. I was doing all kinds of different things. And that's always driven by how do you improve businesses? I, I, anywhere I went, I was looking for that. And, and I felt that there was a lot of improvement that needed in that area. And so my grandfather suggested I become a CPA and a lawyer. And, and I thought that would be a good combination with my entrepreneurial spirit to help companies. And so the, the plan all along was to basically try to improve companies' financial position and operations and make them successful. And so I started in, uh, in accounting and, and then went to law school. I was an auditor and I've been a bankruptcy lawyer uh, ever since. I, I left for a while, I was doing turnaround consulting, I bought businesses, sold businesses. But um, so I, I, I got started just because I love business and bankruptcy is the best way to uh, deal with businesses. Okay, so now you say that, and people who hear that might be taken aback, right? They might think to themselves, bankruptcy is, is what, what does he mean by that? So explain to us what you're talking about. Why, why is bankruptcy, why do you view bankruptcy, I guess kind of the way I do, as a, an opportunity, right? So explain that to folks. Yeah, so Congress gave, gave us all this amazing power in bankruptcy. And the bankruptcy code is a huge hammer, whether you use it in bankruptcy or outside of bankruptcy, the threat of bankruptcy. It is the hammer that drives everything. And so it allows you to get rid of unprofitable contracts. Uh, and, and by the way, just to give perspective, while I do represent occasionally high net worth individuals, mostly what I do is corporate debtor. But but the concept's still the same. It's to get a, f a fresh start. It's to preserve the going concern of a business. So I'm often faced with companies who are going to lose their business is going to go to business. They're going to, employees are going to lose jobs. So it saves employees. It allows me to get rid of contracts, allows me to stop litigation, allows me to avoid, uh, you know, transfers that were made that, you know, to bring them back into the estate to help the business. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that and talk about it from the perspective of 
why why businesses get into trouble. Most people who don't know a lot about business or who hear the term bankruptcy, they don't realize that. And you tell me if I'm if I'm on target with this or not. Most of the time, it's a cash flow issue. It's not a revenue or a profitability issue, right? So you could have a business that on paper has good revenue. They just haven't collected all of the accounts receivable, and that could lead to them placing a call to you, right? Well, that's certainly one one uh, scenario. I mean, not to you know contradict you, but th- there's definitely many more. It could be. So explain explain to us what some of the scenarios are. So cash flow is one reason. What are some of the other right. reasons why people reach out to you? So one re- another reason is they get a big judgment, a big lawsuit hit against them. Whether it's a class action lawsuit, it could be employee class action. It could be anything, breach of contract. You, ne- you never know. Um, and then another scenario, ironically, I like to look in the, the business journal, the local business journal, to see the fastest growing companies. And almost every year, we always have at least two of those clients on, on our uh, on our client list because growth is often a reason. People grow too fast. They they're great at re- to your point. They're great at revenue, and but they're not good at collections or they're not good at at operating the business. Uh, I recently had a business that they grew, um, you know, to two hundred million dollars in a year, and they were making two hundred generating two hundred million dollars of revenue and losing, you know, thirty five million dollars a year. The more they generate, and a lot of people, they just don't get it. <laughs> I, you know, and I think you're, I think you're right about that. What about the companies that, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on this too. So you'd be the reality check. A company that's doing really, really well, and then maybe they have an organizing event, and now they, you know, their, uh, their employees become union employees, and there's a, there's a, an additional burden that's placed on the organization. Does that does that ever lead to people filing or or coming to you for advice? It's uh, it's not usually from my I haven't had cases where it was a recent formation of a union per se. I definitely have had union issues. Um, I've had all kinds of any kind of issue you you could imagine, whether it's the the psycho former partner, whether it's employees who believe they deserve more, either driven by unions or, or what have you, um, but. What it allows you to do is to just stop and put the brakes on and and re and reset. You know, you, you basically a business is operating, it's got all these obligations. What what a bankruptcy allows the company to do is to rewrite everything, rewrite all the contracts, and 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 I basically put together the new world, the new Bible for for all these companies. Okay. So let's start, let's start small and then we can work our way up larger. Right. So you have a you have a, an entrepreneurial business, maybe doing two or three million bucks a year in annual revenue that gets in trouble um, and they come to you. Uh, they come to you for help. They got some maybe they got a line of credit. They can't pay back. They got some loans they can't pay back. And maybe the entrepreneur then has, you know, he's personally or she's personally guaranteed some of these loans. Does that complicate things when you have the business entity and then you have the personal guarantee? Explain to folks what a personal guarantee is and what that means when they come to you. Yeah, so it's it, it complicates things from the standpoint you lose a lot of leverage. So I can do amazing things with for the company. I can get rid of debt, discharge it all. I can stretch terms out, all, all different kinds of scenarios. But when there's a personal guarantee... It's a game changer because now, obviously, the creditor 
has an alternative s source of recovery. And so what invariably happens in those situations is I'm, I, I'm looking at the personal financial affairs as well. And what I, what I do, particularly at companies of that size, it's really important. It's hard to afford a bankruptcy of companies of that size. There is something called subchapter five. Uh, it's a new type of bankruptcy um, that makes it more economically efficient, but it's still not cheap. Uh, and so I always try to avoid bankruptcy at all costs, if possible. And so what I do is I put together an analysis and I and I exp I show to the creditors why they want to work with me as opposed to fight me. And because if they fight me, I'll file bankruptcy and they'll get nothing, uh, or, or certainly less than what I would be offering. So it's using the two in between. And a personal guarantee to answer your question, I mean that's that's where a a uh, a debtor, usually the principal of the debtor will guarantee saying, I'm going to backstop this. If the company can't pay, the company's a separate entity. And a lot of people don't quite get that. They may think they do, but as a practical matter, they often don't. So now they're personally on the hook. And sometimes they actually will give a lien against their house to the creditor. That's, that's really bad. Uh, you don't want to do that. SBA lenders often require that. Uh, but if you can at all avoid it at all costs, I would, I would do that. Now, Talk about your, and people have heard me refer to this before, your superpower as a bankruptcy lawyer when it comes to negotiation, right? The oftentimes I would imagine you don't even have to tell people, hey, listen, if you don't, if we don't work something out, I'm going to throw this business into bankruptcy. They just have to Google you or look you up on the firm's website and they know you're a bankruptcy lawyer. So, you know, rather than just go with any litigator or any business law attorney to negotiate if somebody, if you owe a large amount of money, it's a huge advantage to go with, with you because at any point you can file, you know, the code, you're, you know, this is what you do. Explain to folks how you can use that in negotiation without even having to threaten people that you're going to put them into bankruptcy. It's a huge power, Dave, and you hit it head on. So, um, when a litigator speaks about bankruptcy, the other side laughs. When anyone speaks about, and it's not because the litigator is not credible, it's just that's what they do. They always threaten it. And so it's like the boy who cried wolf. And, and I have this conversation. In fact, I just had it the other day with an arbit uh, arbitrator. Uh, and, and he's like, anytime someone says that, I ignore it. But when you speak, it's all, it's all, like you say, you go on my website. That's all my firm does. So when we speak, it, it, it's, Talk about no BS. It's no BS. It's, it's just what we do. <laughs> so it, you get instant credibility and it makes a it makes a huge difference uh, when you're speaking. And so they know it's going to happen. And so then it's and and the thing is, you need someone like me to be able to present. I know what triggers to do. I know how to present a liquidation analysis. I know the fact that, the you know, the liquidation analysis is sort of the floor. If you can, sh all you need in a, in a chapter 11 is to pay as much as they would get in a, in a liquidation. Well, liquidation value is usually nothing and going concern is significantly larger. So that's the standard. So it's knowing how to present it. And my financial background helps that process along as well, because I used to do that. 
exclusively. All right. So give us a, uh, give us a case study. So tell us, I mean, you could tell us a success story. That would be great. You know, I would rather hear a success story than one that didn't go well. So give us a, give us a case study of how this superpower helps you get a better result for a client than let's say if they, I mean, if they would have had to pay the whole thing or if they had somebody else negotiating for them, do you have a success story you can share with us? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I'll give you one that was a fun one. I had okay. Carl Icahn. Uh, Carl Icahn was trying to take over my client's business. It was doing 200 million in, 250 million in revenue, but was losing money. It was not well run. But he recognized it's a, it's a great business, and he wanted to get into the West Coast. So um, he filed an action. Then he, he sought to appoint a receiver, filed a, a lawsuit. Then he sought to appoint a receiver to take over the company. The company had no money. But I was talking to a prospective buyer, and I believed a company with a thousand employees, two hundred and fifty million in revenue. There's something here, so I I actually had my firm personally. We personally we funded the bankruptcy, the cost of the bankruptcy. We got zero retainer. The company was losing money. The company didn't have cash, and make a long story short, we we saved the company. We preserved the jobs of all of all the employees, and it's now generating. You know, 250 million in revenue or probably more, who knows, because um, it, it was bought by a, a well-heeled uh, company in the East Coast that wanted to get presence in the West Coast. And and the thing is, it was using the leverages. It was, you know, Carl Icahn was trying to take over not only outside of the bankruptcy, but inside the bankruptcy. And it was navigating through 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 the powers that I mean, that that's a great story. That's not I mean, without the bankruptcy, Carl Icahn would have just taken the company way. So we stopped it, sold it, and a big success. All right. So talk to us. Um, I'm going to ask you to think about this for a minute. I want you to give us an example of how there was a lot, a company was under a lot of stress. And the I want you to explain the the automatic stay and the huge relief that can be to a company that's under a lot of stress and what you do during that period of the automatic stay and why it's it's such a powerful tool that only somebody like you, a bankruptcy attorney, can provide. I want you to tell us about that in just one sec. I need to remind people that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has helped do business valuations among other CPA uh, processes for businesses. So, Let's say you're going to buy a business. Let's say you're the next Carl Icahn, but you're going to do it in a way where you're going to make a legitimate offer to a company, and you want to make sure your your uh, offer is fair. What you're going to do is you're going to ask for the records of the company, for the books of the company, and then you want somebody to value the company. Well, this is something that Sandrowski Corporate Advisors will do. If you're on the other side and you're the business that's being purchased and you want to get maximum value for your business, you want to know what the valuation of your business is so you can bring in Sandrowski to do that too. They'll look at your books. They'll look at the overall market. They'll look at the industry, and they'll give you a valuation for the business, and that's how you know what the value of the business is, then it becomes a negotiation from that point if you want to get a, you know, a price over and above the value of the business. Sandrowski can help you with this. They can also help you mitigate some of your tax exposure. So let's say you you do sell the business and you personally are going to get a windfall of cash. Well, you're going to pay taxes on that cash. If you were involved with Sandrowski ahead of time, they could have helped you structure the business to pay as little in taxes as possible. 
There's uh, an element of the tax code called the Qualified Small Business Tax Exemption, and Sandrowski are experts in this. But the thing is, you have to bring them in at least five years before you're ready to sell your business. So if you want to talk about any of these subjects, reach out to Sandrowski today. Call them at 866-717-1607. They work all over the United States. 866-717-1607. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. You're looking to build a business. I have a guide for you. It's a business development plan. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant, a financial advisor, a a lawyer, uh, a banker. My Revenue Roadmap Guide will help you because it teaches you how to build your business based on relationships and thought leadership. It's a step-by-step program. It's It's free. I'm giving it to you for free because I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching the show. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info right now. Download it for free today. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Get your free business development plan right now. All right, Garrick, talk about the automatic stay and how much relief that provides to uh, to a business owner who you know may be getting phone calls or there may be litigation in process already. Explain what that is and how it helps. Sure. So I'm going to give a great example. I had a company that was that owed one of its um, critical vendors, absolutely necessary. It was a pharmacy uh, network. This was an HMO, and they owed them over $3 million. So they they received from this company a notice of termination. We're going to terminate your contract on Friday. And um, also, there was the state of California that was looking to shut down the business. It was a pending action to, it was a cease and desist order um, and, and a paying action to shut them down because they were insolvent. So we filed bankruptcy stopped it they so it prevents so the the, con, the company that was going to shut them down and, and deprive the members of the hmo you know just people like you and me who you want to go to a pharmacy if they would have gone that weekend and we didn't file bankruptcy they would have been deprived of the pharmaceuticals uh and so the bankruptcy stops it prevents them from terminating they actually sought to terminate it um and then i sent a threatening letter and went into court uh, to seek sanctions against them so, uh, so the stage is, it's automatic and it just, it stops it. And anything that anyone does after that is absolutely, is void, ab initio. So they, they can, if there's a pending lawsuit and someone says, well, I'm just going to go ahead and get a judgment and they go through the judgment, it's void. Anything you do after the violation of the stay is void. Wow. Now, there's an argument that your creditors can make that uh, isn't there isn't there an argument that shortens that period? How long is this the time period and, you know, how long do you, do you have to, you know, to figure out what your next move is? Well, so the, the stay is automatic throughout the bankruptcy. Someone could file a motion for relief from the automatic stay. Um, and in doing so, they need to show that the property, the value is declining um, like for a bank, for example, if they wanted to foreclose, you have to show that your interests are not adequately protected. Um, but the whole point of the bankruptcy is they are. And, and it's pr- pretty rare with that, that. I shouldn't say it's rare, but it's rare in, in my instance often, usually, uh, where, where that is, is an issue. Um, because if, if, a, if a bank, for example, forecloses and they take the company, there is no company. So that undercuts the whole purpose of the bankruptcy code. The bankruptcy code is to keep the company alive, preserve it. So it's pretty hard to get the relief from the automatic stay. Um, but it, it depends on, on a lot of different circumstances. Okay. So let's talk now about 
the the reorganization process itself and when somebody should start to consider it, right? So I'm I'm the CFO of a company and I have a meeting with my CEO scheduled at the end of the week. What what do I need to do? What do I, what should I be looking at to determine if I should tell the CEO, hey, listen, we need to call Garrick Hollander and talk about, you know, getting some relief here. What 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 are some of the warning signs that we need to we need to reach out to you? Well, certainly if if there is a slow pay, you know, if, if it's taking longer to pay your creditors, if, if you're having any kind of financial problems, uh, you should think about contacting me to 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 assist in uh, and again negotiating with creditors because I'm the big hammer. And so any financial issue, whether it's a balance sheet issue or an income statement issue, you should actually be thinking, hmm, could we use bankruptcy? Again, not to file, but to think how we can be negotiating because that's the hammer. So any kind of financial challenge that you see, um, you know, COVID, whatever it is, and you see a slow, you know, something affecting your revenue and you want to negotiate, it's that that's when it's, it's to, to, to repeat, but it's an important anything. If you want to improve your balance sheet or income statement, you should be thinking, give me a call to see if it's something that I can help. And and often I can. Okay. Now, let's talk about how you get business because one of the reasons why I love bankruptcy work is because it's like a it's it's like a network or a fraternity, right? If you're if you're involved in a big matter, there's often, you know, 15 creditors or, you know, uh, two or three people who are on the debtor side or there are, you know, interested third parties. And most of the time, everybody brings their own counsel. So you'll get referrals from other from other lawyers, right? Explain, explain how that works and explain why being a bankruptcy lawyer is great because other bankruptcy lawyers will refer clients to you. Yeah. So bankruptcy is a unique situation. It's, it's you know, the uh, the beneficiary of your services is not the guy who's referring the business in most cases. It's it's like you said, it's the lawyers. And often it's bankruptcy lawyers because there's so many constituents in a case. You got debtor's lawyer, committee counsel, you know, a buyer's lawyer, plan sponsor, landlord's lawyer, et cetera. So, um, so there are a lot of roles to play. And yeah, I do get a lot of business from bankruptcy lawyers. I also get business. I mean, corporate lawyers are, are great. Uh, anyone who accountants, anyone who's on a pulse of a company, who has the trust and respect of of the you know CEO, CFO, is someone that could potentially refer business to me. Okay, so explain um, explain where you work, where you're. Well, you can you can work anywhere in the U.S., but you know, explain the the geographic locations where um, where the bulk of your business is, and then talk about what makes you different. So um, I'm in. I'm located. I live in Newport Beach, um, but also I'm. Uh, Bicoastal, um, have a place in New York as well. So I'm going back and forth. Um, my primary practice has been California, but you know, you know, occasionally I've I've represented cases in Nevada and and you know New York. I mean, bankruptcy is a federal law. Um, it incorporates state laws, but uh, you can get admitted pro hoc vice. It's, it's not not an issue. But most of my business has been California. However, we've um, recently been working with some New York lawyers that. Um, We'll be joining the firm, and uh, and we're actually going to be opening an office in New York. So we're we're looking to expand. Um, we have a lawyer. We have a lawyer that we just hired, submitted in Chicago, New York, uh, Wisconsin. So um, so I'm excited to 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 do 
more uh, more national expansion. And I forgot the other question you. No, I just uh, you know talk about what makes you now what makes you and your firm different. Why are you why are you in a unique position to help people when it comes to bankruptcy work? Sure. So with respect to our firm, we're the only firm in California that just does Chapter Eleven. Um, there are firms that do Chapter Eleven, but they also do trustee work or they do corporate work. Um, we do Chapter Eleven. Uh, the, our financial my financial background is. Is very unique. I, I am a, you know, I started as an entrepreneur. I'm a CPA. I'm a former turnaround consultant. I bought businesses. I've sold businesses. I own businesses. Uh, I understand accounting, financing, math. I, I am obsessed with return on investment. I, I view myself, I am the company's investment. And so I'm obsessed with providing the greatest return. And if I can, if I could invest and get the results of my investments <laughs> as much as I bring to my clients, I, I, I'd be retired by now. Um, <laughs> it, it's use, it's exponential, uh, the value. Um, I, you know, I, I try to make it at least 10 times uh, my value, uh, my cost. Um, and, and then some of the other things, and I am obsessed about that. Everything I do, I recognize the dollar. And how do I give my client a return on, on its investment? Um, the, the other thing that makes me unique is, uh, you know, your, your, your show is right up my alley. It's, I'm no, no bullshit. <laughs> um, or I'm sorry, you say BS. I'm no BS. Nah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody knows, you know, we, we sometimes say it's inside business strategy. We give you the insider business secrets, but we'll give you the inside business <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, so, I mean, to me, what, what I, what I think makes me stand out to the judges, to the clients is, and, and to the community is I'm no nonsense. I'm very direct, very honest. I, I had a client who had, literally he ran through six financial advisors, some of the best financial advisors uh, in, in the country, had multiple lawyers, and he kept going through them and no one could make the company successful. And the reason why is because he was the problem and we, we needed an intervention. And so no one else had the balls to do it, but I did. And so I stepped up and I said, you need to re remove yourself from, from, from your position, not from the company, he, he played a critical role. And so, and, and I'm able to do it, deliver the message in a way that is, look, let me help you. I want to help you and you're hurting yourself. And so if you step aside, I'm actually going to save your company and then you can step back in. And you still, will, again, will be involved in a role that is, is accepted. Um, and so I, I think there aren't many lawyers that are willing to do that. And I'm willing to possibly you know lose an engagement. I don't want to lose an engagement, but someone who's, naive, short-sighted might think that I'm hurting them, but I'm actually, I'm helping them. I had another case where I did it and because the guy was breaching his fiduciary duty uh, and he has a fiduciary duty. I'm looking out for him as well as the company because he's, he has a fiduciary duty to the creditors. And, uh, and that shifts, by the way, a lot of people don't know that. So I said, you know, if I will, I will resign if you don't, if you don't step down because you're hurting yourself, you're hurting the company. So anyway, I, I, I think my directness and my, my willingness to just, you know, I, I, I don't ha I don't have an ego and, um, and, and I'll, I'm going to do the right thing. And that speaks volumes. And so when I'm dealing with creditors and I tell them something, they know it's true. No, oh, that's awesome. That's terrific. All right, Garrick. So let's take one minute and think about three things you want people to come away from our time together and remember. Okay. Three, think of three things that you want people to remember. I'm going to give you a minute to do that. 
We're speaking with Garrick Hollander. He's a bankruptcy attorney, and he's based in California, but he's also now opening an office in New York. So you can reach him if you have any questions about this at 949-720-4150, 949-720-4150. I also put his email address and his firm's website down in the show notes, so you can scroll down there and check those out. While Garrick's thinking of the three things for us to take away from our time together, I'm going to remind you one more time that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. They are a CPA firm with a different perspective. They'll help you with family office advisory, meaning if you're an affluent family and you want to structure a family office and create an entity to help you with your investments, Sandrowski can help you do that. They'll help you with business valuations and litigation support. So if you're an attorney and you need someone to look at the financials of a company and do a business valuation, Sandrowski can help you with that. They can help you with forensic accounting. They can go back and look at stuff that may have happened and determine what the issues are financially and perhaps even who may be at fault. And they also help you with risk management. So if you're thinking of an investment for your company or for your family office or even for yourself and you want a financial evaluation, you got to give Sandrowski a call. And you can do that by dialing 866-717-1607. I said dialing. You don't even know what a dial is on a phone. So just call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. All right, Garrick, what are the three things we should think about, the three things we should take away from our time together today? Okay, I'm going to overlap. Uh, it was hard <laughs> to think three separate. Okay. Um, for, first and foremost, and you hit it head on, Dave, from the beginning of the show, there's nothing embarrassing about bankruptcy. I guess we'll call that number one, nothing embarrassing about bankruptcy. Number two, and related to that, Congress gave you this power. They gave you rights enjoy them, leverage them, use them. You don't have to be suffering. There's no stigma to a bankruptcy. So not to use the benefit that the government gives you is silly. So the second takeaway is don't be embarrassed. Take advantage of what's, what what Congress has given you. Uh, and the third is be proactive. If you think you have a question, if you think there's some financial problem, give me a call. Talk to me. I'm, I'm happy to take your call. And to say to see if there's something I can do, better to better to ask uh, and, and, and be proactive, than later say, "Oh shoot, I wish I'd called you later or earlier." <laughs> All right, perfect. So if you want to reach out to Garrick Hollander, you can do so by calling nine four nine seven two zero forty one fifty nine four nine seven two zero forty one fifty. Also, if you're listening to this and you're a lawyer and you'd like an introduction to Garrick, you can call me and I will connect you with Garrick. You can call him directly, but if you want an introduction and you want me to talk about how great you are so that Garrick really thinks you're great, call me and I'll introduce you to Garrick. He gets referrals from attorneys all the time. 949-720-4150. Garrick, thank you for joining us today and telling us more about what you do and giving us the inside BS on your firm and the bankruptcy practice. Alrighty, folks, that'll do it for another edition of the Inside BS Show. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another interview. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.